You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Hello, happy Wednesday. Welcome to The Food Code. Hopefully the sound on our podcast is okay today. <laughs> you guys, it's always something with Liz and Becca, but I gotta, I gotta say, we are managing so many moving parts between oh kids, work, all the things, and tech is just not what our specialty is. Well, remembering things is not what my specialty is right now, and I thought I did so good this morning, because on Tuesdays, I take both kids to my mom's, and then I try to come to Liz's now, because Liz is pretty close to where my mom lives. Um and Tuesdays is when my mom watches the kids. And so leaving with a two-month-old and a three-year-old and then myself who's pumping, I this morning, f- I spent an hour, basically. I, I woke up at five, pumped, worked until 6.20, and then I spent an hour putting Taylor's bottles together, getting snacks ready for Carson, making sure they both had a change of clothes, getting all of my pump parts, making sure that I had enough pump parts for today because I had to pump three times while I'm gone making sure I have like my computer, everything that I need for work, my food, everything. And I forgot the headphones because I've been podcasting from my house. Mm -hmm. And so we have headphones that we use. And then I was using Art's headphones. So he's like, take these home, bring the other ones back. And now they're both at my house. (laughs) And my husband is gone today. And I'm like, we can't text him. We can't call him. He's going to be watching this because he edits all of our videos. So so he's going to totally know. And he'll also know because I'm not wearing them on the YouTube channel today. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're like, we are just going to figure this out. (laughs) I'm sorry. We try so hard. So no, I'm sure it's going to be fine. We've definitely done, you know, podcasts in the past with still great quality sound without the headphones. But I'm excited for today because we are going to talk a little bit about what's called calorie entitlement. Um, You've listened to Beck and I talk a lot about reverse dieting, right? We've talked about metabolic adaptation and when you under eat for so long, how your body compensates and efficiency, you know, slows down in Mm -hmm. terms of, you know, how much you're burning at rest. You don't move as much. There's a variety of things that we've talked a lot about here. So when your metabolism compensates, you kind of stall out and you have really no other place to go besides reversing yourself back up, restoring homeostasis, supporting your hormones, letting your body elevate essentially, again, your total calorie burn Mm -hmm. before you can cut and go back into more of a fat loss phase. Because we've always given this example, if you're at 1200 to 1300 calories, which is too little for most people um, who are adult human beings that are active for sure, definitely um, way too little, then this is the thing that we have to do. But there is a group of people who have kind of taken this the wrong way, right? And they've taken this, you know, out of context into, well, if Liz on Instagram is eating 1800, 1900 calories and losing weight, I should do the same. Uh, And they don't spend this time necessary to get their body back to a place of health before, you know, cutting. And so we're going to talk a lot about that today in terms of just like, how we burn calories, the Mm -hmm. calorie entitlement. We're going to understand too the law of averages and talk about that because I think it's important when we are looking at, you know, our weekly averages, our monthly averages, both with intake, but also with fat loss, right? When we get to that phase, because so many people get caught up 
day to day with how many calories I should be consuming or, you know, I'm going to restrict during the week. I'm going to overeat on the weekends. And so my body should compensate and I should be losing weight. Mm -hmm. Your body doesn't work that way. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to be doing another podcast very soon. Actually, we're going to record it today around how there's a difference too between the calorie model, which is energy, energy, energy out and the carb insulin model, which talks about how carbohydrates can play a huge role in weight loss beyond just calories. Um, So I'm really excited for that too, because I think it's going to be eye opening for a lot of people, but we need to talk a little bit around like, how does our body burn calories how do we know how much we should be eating and like liz was saying you guys humans will not survive well eating a thousand to twelve hundred calories a day it's just the reality of it when you are restricting calories a lot of people solely think about i'm trying to burn body fat like i'm calorie cutting because i want to lose fat but what we don't realize is that when we under eat calories we are under nourishing our body we aren't giving our body enough mito- mi- micronutrients phytochemicals you know antioxidants all of the things that our body requires to be able to function properly and so it's not just like i'm just going to slash calories so my body cuts fat that's not the only two mechanisms that like our body does is build fat and burn fat like there's so much more complexity that goes into it and so we need to understand that we can't just cut calories so a lot of things that happen when we you know think about how our body burns calories in a day and we've talked about this in a lot of podcasts. So if you've listened to us for a while, bear with us. We need to go through them again. <laughs> we have our total daily energy expenditure. So that's basically how many calories you burn in a day in total. And that breaks down into a few things. The biggest thing we talk about is the basal metabolic rate. Okay. So that is essentially if you were to do nothing during your day, you were to sit at your desk all day, not walk, not exercise, not really move, how many calories your body kind of needs for regular organ function to help you have, you know, energy throughout the day to think, to type, to speak, all of these things, your body requires about, for females, it's about an average of like 1,200 to 1,400 calories a day. This is total averages, guys. This could matter on a multitude of things. But for females, at minimum, 1,200 to 1,400 calories a day. And for males, a little bit closer to like 1,600 to 1,900 calories a day. That is without exercise and movement. If you add in that you're walking maybe 10,000 steps a day and you're exercising maybe 30 to 60 minutes a day, you guys, that's going to add at least probably another 400 to 800 calories a day that you're burning. So for females, that balances out most of us around 1,800 to 2,200 plus calories. Okay. And if you're super active and crazy, you're probably burning even more. And so our basal metabolic rate is basically what your body needs for like basic organ function and mental function on a day-to-day basis. And that is why people that constantly diet have brain fog, they have fatigue, they aren't sleeping well. It's because your body is suffering. Mm -hmm. It is literally like not getting enough food and nutrients to do what it needs to do to keep you functioning every day. So you're basically restricting energy, but expecting to feel energized all throughout the day. Exactly. Um, There's one other thing here in total daily energy expenditure that we do consider, and that's thermic effect of food. Mm -hmm. So just real quick, like a big shout out to protein and fiber. They burn the most. Um, The thermic effect of food is the amount of calories that your body expends um, through the digestive process. So if you have protein, for example, you're burning about 20 to 30% of that overall calorie. So let's say you have 100 grams, or sorry, 100 calories of chicken breast 
fast. Well, you are spending 20 to 30 calories in the digestive process. So now you're, you're netting, netting like 70, 70. Yeah. Right. And so at the end of the day, this doesn't add up to a huge amount, but it is something to consider. And this is again, why we focus so much on if you want to have good energy throughout the day, you want to burn more at rest and you want to feel satiated, less cravings, you know, have energy to perform in your workouts, build strength, maintain your muscle mass. You need to be eating adequate protein. Mm -hmm. And then fiber serves many other functions in the body, right? It acts as kind of a broom for your digestive tract. Let's support the body to detoxify, get out all of these particles that we don't want in our body, bacteria, parasites, um, yeast overgrowth, sugars, all kinds of different things. Um, but it also helps us with our bowel movements, having good digestion, a variety of other things in the body. So here's the problem when it comes to total daily energy and expenditure. Okay. We often overreach with our exercise calories burned mm -hmm. and underreach with the intake that we're actually consuming. Hello, bites, licks, and taste, <laughs> you know, but maybe you've got an aura ring or you've got an eye watch or a Fitbit, right? And you're looking at your calories burned and you're saying, well, man, I burned 1,100, 1,200 calories today. This is awesome. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. I yeah. don't really know how intense your workout is. I really don't even look at my tracker anymore because we know there's about a 20 to 30% air there. But if you're not wearing any of those and, you know, I love the ads. I remember when I first moved here to Naperville, that would be for hot yoga and you could burn a thousand calories in an hour of hot yoga. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. You know, you're doing 60 minutes of exercise. If you were to go out and sprint for 60 minutes, which you can't because your body won't keep up for 60 minutes, but let's say you're going out and you're doing a hard, high intensity, high intensity workout for an hour. I think I'd argue you'd probably be somewhere in the ballpark of 400 to 600 calories maximum. Yeah. And this is hard guys. This has so much to do too with like your heart rate variability, the level of your stress, your central nervous systems capabilities. Like for example, someone that is extremely fit, is not going to burn as many calories doing the exact same workout as someone that is not very fit mm -hmm. because the person that's not very fit is expending so much more energy doing the exact same workout. And so like there's so many variables to that. And that is why I have zero interest in like how many calories did my workout burn? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I stopped using the Apple watch mainly because I hated how much you have to charge it. Um, but I use the aura ring now and I almost like it better because it doesn't really track your workouts like mm -hmm. that. And so I don't have like, it started to get in your head a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. the Apple watch is like, how many calories did I burn from that workout? And it's such an easy trap to fall into. And so I actually utilize the aura ring a lot more because it, I want to know it, it's much better at tracking sleep than the Apple watches and your heart rate variability and just like overall readiness score. Um, and that's more what I care about because that's much more of an indicator of like my stress levels and my general health at the time. And then it tracks steps, which is yeah. like really all I want from something. Um, but we cannot rely on these things. And the whole concept of like, I burned a thousand calories so I can eat a thousand calories more is very flawed. And that is where we're going to get into definitely in the insulin carb model podcast that we're doing very shortly, um, because it is not about calories and calories out at that stage. Calories are not created equally like those models tend to indicate that they are. So yeah. Yeah. we want to talk a little bit today around like the concept of calorie entitlement and what that tends to you know entail and how the diet industry has created a very skewed and um, misshapen and misinterpreted culture that makes it very confusing for people. Yes, 
And I think, you know, this is like anything we've seen in the diet industry too. There's so many different extremes here, right? So let's think about how, you know, Liz and Becca are talking about, you know, I need to eat more to lose weight. Some of you might interpret that as like, sweet, they said to eat more. Let me eat 3000 calories a day Mm -hmm. and I can eat whatever I want. There's definitely a wrong way and a right way to do this. And usually when we're reversing somebody, we're looking at a variety of factors. What's the quality of the food? How are they feeling? Are they feeling comfortable? Do they feel overly stuffed? Because there is a point too, when we talk about hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin, that you basically don't feel hungry anymore because you've quieted those hunger hormones. Yeah. Right? And so we want to make sure that we're approaching this from a way that they can still feel comfortable while we get calories up, but we're also keeping quality there. So when we talk about reverse dieting, we talk about the need to reverse. We talk about the need to get your calories back to a place of maintenance. You also have to understand that maintenance is a range. Mm -hmm. Maintenance is not a, hey, Becca, you burn seven or 2,712 calories a day. Liz, you're shorter than her, so you burn 2,407 calories a day, right? Like it's a range here. And this is where like the laws of averages also kind of come in because it's not a set static number. Yeah. The law of averages with maintenance is huge. And this is where like, once we work with clients, we want to get them to a place where they are intuitively eating at maintenance to where like some days you aren't as hungry and you aren't eating as much and other days you're very hungry. And so you do consume more, but we're never getting away from the foundation of like the quality of food is there and you know, the balance of food is there and then evaluating. Like I try to evaluate if I'm very hungry one particular day, why? Like, did I have a stressful week? Was I more active? Did I undereat yesterday? Like, there's always a reason. And it'd be silly to think, like Liz was saying, you burn the exact same amount of calories every single day. And so you need to eat the exact same amount of calories. Mm -hmm. The reason that we have people track intake is more so to create awareness around like what is in food, how that accumulates across the course of a day and how it's balanced. That's the main reason I have people track food because most people are not consistent unless they track for some period of time and start to see what is in a day worth of food. And a lot of people don't realize that until they actually track it. And so that's why we're kind of big on tracking in the beginning because people need to create that awareness around it. But at the end of the day, we do not burn the exact same amount every day. And so you shouldn't have the exact hunger levels every day. There's so much that plays this, especially females. We have hormones changing every hour, like stress changes throughout the day. If you had poor sleep the night before, you should be more hungry the next day. You're probably going to be craving certain things. And so a a lot of things come into that kind of equation. And that is why maintenance is a range. It is a law of averages. And this is, you know, why a lot of times that under eating a little bit during the week and overeating on the weekend sometimes works for certain people because it it averages out across the course of a week, as long as it's not extremes and the quality of food doesn't suffer that poorly Mm -hmm. into a place where they're basically maintaining doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other big piece kind of going back to what I was talking about before is you have to understand a couple different things when you're looking and you're hearing what other people might be consuming or eating, right? Because you, you compare yourself to people when you mm-hmm. see them on social media. So let's say somebody that you really like on Instagram has a cute little body and you know, that's the type that you'd like to look like <laughs> uh, the body type that you'd like to have. And you see she's promoting eating 22, 2400 calories a day. The first person that comes to my mind is LCK, Lori uh, Christine mm-hmm. King. We Absolutely. really like her, admire her a lot. She um, runs Paragon uh, training. I know Becca does a lot of their programs and mm-hmm. some of our other clients too. And, 
you know, she's fit. She's She's small. extremely muscular. Yep. She has a lot of lean muscle tissue. Yeah. You know that she is utilizing that energy intake and her energy intake is clean. Like yeah. she eats clean, whole, unprocessed foods, 90% of her yeah. diet. She doesn't drink out. Like there's a lot of things about her life that are very ideal to cater to eating more food being a benefit to her. Right. And so my point here, additional to that is she's someone who can tolerate that amount of food. She also spent time getting her mm-hmm. body to that place to be able to tolerate that amount of food. But if you're out there right now and you're eating, let's say 14, 1500 calories, you can't just all of a sudden flip the switch and say, well, if she eats this amount, then I should eat that amount. Okay. Because you have to understand kind of what we mentioned before. The baseline is different. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I will say for me personally, my step count really doesn't do much for me anymore me because it's my normal. You know, it's just my baseline is I get 10 to 12,000 a day. Sure, I have days that are higher than that, especially on the weekends with a toddler. When we were, um, you know, hanging out this past weekend, I had a lot of work to get done on Sunday. I barely hit the 10,000 mark. So that was a little bit, you know, not normal for me for that particular day. So, but the point here is understand that the baseline is going to be different for each and every one of you. You also have to understand when you're viewing, you know, these people on social media, because this is classic in the diet world. um, When you are looking at these things, there's a lot that they're not telling you. They're not telling you what their training regimen is. They're not telling you how much they sleep, what their recovery modalities are, what they do on the weekends, right? Their stress levels, their movement. Are they hitting 16 to 18,000 steps a day? And you're at 6,000 steps a day, right? And then we have to consider genetic components too, mm-hmm. right? Their health profile, their diet history, their age, their height, their weight, you know, the season yep. of life that they're in. There's so many different variables here. And again, this is why you need to be working with somebody one-on-one. If what you're doing right now is not working, you need to have somebody guide you and show you the way to what is going to be the best plan and protocol for you. And if you're not in a place where you can start that plan or protocol, you still need to have somebody to help you get Mm -hmm. ready and prepare for that and regain your health. Yeah. Because a lot of people, when they try to do like the increasing calories and maintenance on their own, they end up in a surplus and they start to gain weight and then they freak out and cut calories again. And it's just this vicious cycle. And so when you work with someone, I honestly wish that people would work with people more through this phase because it's a hard phase to navigate. Like when you're trying to eat more and not gain unwanted weight, you might put on a little bit of weight just because of, you know, science, the fact that you are eating at a higher rate than you were at prior. You might hold a little bit more water. You might hold more in your in terms of like your muscle cells. There's a lot of things that can cause the scale to tick up, but you need to like people freak out when that happens and then they go right back to under eating. And so being able to work with someone that can help you guide that path is extremely helpful. Um, and so we need to understand that there's a lot more to it than just eat more. Like you need to make sure that there is balance with those foods. The types of foods are good. You can offset it a little bit with a little bit more non-stressful movement in terms of maybe more walks, making sure you're sleeping enough, keeping stress at bay. You know, all of those things need to be there um, to get your body back to like a, a set place essentially. Yep. The Food Code Podcast is brought to you by Fit Mom Lifestyle. If you're interested in our individualized coaching that we always talk about and how we may be able to help you like we help our clients in accomplishing optimal health and losing weight and achieving their goals, you can click the link in the show notes and you can actually schedule a free 15 to 20 minute call with either of us. We would love to talk to you. 
And I think this brings up a really great point in terms of like the opposite is true here, mm-hmm. right? So you might be comparing, let's say, to a fitness Instagram model or you're comparing to Liz and Becca. You got to understand our experience and our consistency is much different than a lot of people. This is what we do. Yes. This is our passion. These are our values and our beliefs. And it took us a long time to get to this place. Mm-hmm. Both of us, we both spent time reverse dieting. We both spent time, you know, working on regulating hormones again. And you went through IVF and, and there's a variety of things that we've done. So you can't just look at somebody and say, well, that's what they do. So I should do it too. You have to understand the backstory, that experience there. Mm -hmm. Have we been tracking food for a really long time? Yeah, I've been tracking food for years. You know, Um, have we been consistent uh, at this higher calorie intake for a long time? Like the recent cut that I just did, I'll be honest, that was probably one of the, the best results that I've gotten in years. And I attest that to the fact that I did not diet for so long mm-hmm. like I had prior to. Like there was a point where I was doing all the things right and things just weren't moving. And so then pregnancy and postpartum, and I lost a little weight postpartum, but I never really got into like a strict cut mode until, mm-hmm. you know, just recently. And I think that's why my body responded. And then even now we've had two trips. I've traveled. I'm up a couple of pounds, but again, I just got home this past weekend. I have no doubt that's going to level off yeah. I, that cake. But the <laughs> other piece that I wanted to say here, um, getting a little bit longer winded with that is the opposite is true. If you're comparing yourself to someone who is fit, if you're looking at us, if you're looking at somebody else on Instagram, you might be thinking I shouldn't eat 1800 yes. calories. Yep, absolutely. This is something that I, you know, a lot of times I'll I'll find myself trying to talk myself out of. Like, oh, but they're more muscular than me, maybe. You're there, you know, they have a faster metabolism than me, and we'll get to that in just a second. But like it we always think less is better. That is just the it is I swear to god, it's, it's like ingrained. it's ingrained, it's in our hard drive. Like females think that you should eat less, and we always have even if we know we should eat more, even if like if you had a low day where you didn't eat much, you're like, "Oh, it was good today because I didn't eat as much as I should have. Like we have the sick twisted mindset around it. And it's so true. I still have it sometimes, but I've been more and more into like, I know it, I preach it. It's what I teach people. It's what I coach people on. It's what I know for myself has like driven me into the ground in the past. Um, and at the end of the day, I know I need to be eating more. For me, it's so like I can't believe it's so hard right now. I'm like not hungry. I'm shoving food down my face, but and you've I'm trying lost five more pounds. Yeah, just by simple. The biggest on thing for more. me is like trying to keep up my milk supply, which has stayed up. Um, and then in terms of you know wanting to feel good for my workouts, I want to like I asked myself the other day after one of my workouts, I was like, "You are so much more angry when you don't feel strong in your workouts mm-hmm. than when you're losing weight." Like at the end of the day, I want to feel strong. I want to feel powerful. It's what drives me. It's what is makes me happy. And so like for me, I, I know I need more food right now. It's just been so hard. I'm really, I'm hitting around 2,300 to 2,400 calories a day, but I should probably be closer to like 2,600. We're working on it. Anyways, I see other people. Like I have another person that I follow that's postpartum, very similar body type to me. Um, a little bit, she's about 20 or 30 pounds less than I am, but we both lift. She has a very similar background to me. Um, she's a month further along in her postpartum. She's breastfeeding. She, so I look at her intake comparatively because I know we are very comparable in terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, what we do. And I, I, I know a lot of people hate on like what you eat in a day examples. I think that there can be some benefit to them in terms of you'd see that these people do eat more. 
and it's okay for like i think a lot of people fear the eating more and so i think it's good to show people like what more food of good food can look like and give people different ideas because a lot of people get stuck in the same concept um but i wanted to talk come back to kind of that like metabolism aspect because i think another thing that a lot of people preach on instagram and social media is this bs claim of like you can boost your metabolism Mm -hmm. and it drives us crazy like there is an adaptation that can happen with the metabolism, kind of like um, the biggest loser effect where you lose weight very quickly. You can drive down your resting metabolic rate to being lower than where it was in the beginning just by extreme dieting. That's why we don't like people losing weight really fast. Um, And so a lot of things claim that you can kind of boost your metabolism. um, But at the end of the day, like you guys, you cannot drink. Caffeine doesn't boost your metabolism. It speeds up your heart rate. and causes stress on the body. There's a lot of downstream effects that aren't good from that. And so I'm not saying like, don't drink coffee, but a lot of people think, you know, these fat burners or phenamine or all of these things are just going to boost. No, they actually typically do more harm than good in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might suppress your appetite or you might have mm-hmm. just simply a placebo effect. I believe, um, one of our friends, Cody McBroom, just did a podcast on the placebo effect. And I was like, gosh, is it, if this is not true, um, because basically the thought here is that you're taking these supplements, you're spending, you know, 70, 80, 90 bucks on a supplement. And because you know that this is supposed to, you know, suppress your appetite or whatever, then you're like not hungry. And I, I think that maybe there can be some validity to some of them. Um, but I also think that a lot of it is the placebo effect. And so when we look at boosting your metabolism, I'm air quoting here as we are filming this for you too. Um, you need to look at what you can do to boost one of your four factors when it comes to total daily energy expenditure. Okay. So let's talk about BMR. We can increase our BMR and there's typically two ways that you do this. Number one is you gain weight. Most Mm -hmm. people don't want to gain weight. That's not why they're here and listening to this podcast. Um, Some people do, and that's valid. Some people do need to gain Mm -hmm. some weight, right? But the second thing is that you gain muscle and you change your body composition. You are leaner here, right? Um, And the reason why we want to do this and we want to stay in a healthy body fat percentage and have a good body composition is because there's many benefits in terms of your quality of life, your overall health, your longevity, right? Because you just, you have less fat. But here's the thing in terms of your BMR, if you are constantly under eating and you're shooting for this 12, 1400 calories and you're, for most people, under eating, eating that level of even where your BMR should be, now you've adapted and you've brought that down. You're going to have to spend time eating more in order to bring your BMR back up. And Mm -hmm. here we always say to the girls that are reverse dieting, we want your resistance training. We want you moving. That helps Mm -hmm. mentally, you know, but the only other way to increase your basal metabolic rate is to gain weight. So if you don't want to gain the weight weight, then you need to do it smart, do it strategically, work on building muscle and, you know, getting leaner. Yep. Absolutely. I will say, I'll I'll even dare to say you have to be weight training or else you're just going to gain fat. Yeah. Increasing. I mean, like you have to be moving in, in the least, but if you are trying to increase your metabolism in terms of like adapt it back up and you aren't moving, your metabolism might increase a little bit, but you're probably just going to still gain weight because you're meeting that higher metabolism with more calories. Mm -hmm. And so that is why we push so hard. Like, I don't care what age you are. I don't care how old you are. You need to be doing some type of resistance training because it is not only protective in nature for the body, but for the metabolism as well. Um, and so like Liz talked about earlier, protein and fiber are very, um, beneficial in terms of calorie burn with consumption. And so 
The thermic effect of food is another way that you can increase, quote unquote, increase your metabolic function because you burn more calories by digesting and breaking down these foods. Non-exercise activity, we talk about all the time, your walks, your general daily movement. This is the probably the best way because it's not stressful. Um, more exercise can work, but it's, it becomes more and more stressful on the body the more you are active. And so we have to be kind of careful with that one. Um, and for some people, like it's just not a, a possibility. Their body breaks down, they end up with injuries, like they don't recover mm-hmm. properly. And so we try to do more movement, more, you know, not biking, more walks, stuff like that, that can kind of counterbalance some of the higher intake too, um, and make you not feel as heavy by consuming more food, which can be very common for people. Unfortunately, it's just part of the process for a lot of people. Um, So that's something else that we often try to do with kind of counterbalancing and then trying to readapt the metabolism is more movement with the extra uh, intake levels. So, And I think too, you can look at your conscious movement and you can be very intentional and maybe change your training programming, right? Like if you've been doing the same training programming that you have for years or months, let's say you're going to Orange Theory or you're going to the row house or or whatever, like maybe you want to switch that up with your conscious movement. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you want to start to, you know, lift some heavier weights or you want to incorporate if you're always doing CrossFit, maybe some, you know, conscious movement like hot yoga or other things that can still provide benefit to the body, but not completely break the body down. So I think there's a a balance there that needs to be had in terms of your neat and your eat, which we call exercise activity. Yeah. So the last thing I kind of wanted to cover here is when we mentioned the law of averages, you'll see out there a lot of claims of like low days versus high days, right? You will see calorie cycling. There's a lot of different ways you can manipulate calories. We've talked a lot on the podcast in terms of, you know, we'll go into a deficit for a few weeks. Sometimes we'll incorporate refeed days. And so this is where we wanted to discuss the importance of kind of having this baseline and help you understand that you can't continue for most people, at least seeing progress that you desire. If you're constantly trying to undershoot calories Monday through Thursday, and then you're taking massive swings up on the weekend, right? So we know that under eating for years, it just pulls your metabolic ability down. And then you have these high days where you have a party or you have a vacation, you have an all-inclusive. So we've given this example in the past. Like I know Becca talked about like your honeymoon, you gained seven pounds <laughs> coming back from your honeymoon, but you had been dieting really hard. Oh, I was extreme. stressed out of my mind. I was totally underfed. I was dehydrated probably. Like I was, I feel like I was probably like in the state that a lot of people are that go into physique competitions. Like mm-hmm. I was so thin i was thin i wasn't even like i mean i was lean because i was muscular too i guess but yeah i was so underfed and start like i had a very restrict binge cycle going on at that time and that honeymoon was like a seven to ten day binge that left me Mm -hmm. very bloated very uncomfortable i wanted to leave after like day four because i was so miserable with how i felt um and that is because of that high low that's and we see it all the time because i had driven and i think i only lost back like two or three of those pounds i had ended up like gaining four pounds which i kind of needed to i was way too small um and so it was you know it was a matter of i had underfed my body so much that it had pulled down that metabolic ability and with the high high intake my body couldn't handle it and it was all alcohol highly palatable foods it was honeymoon you know and so the body stored 
Yeah. Just and like the, it normally the, does. So the, I brought that point up because I wanted to kind of compare it to like my recent like fat loss journey. We've had vacation. I was telling one of our clients um, earlier today, like I don't restrict myself on vacation. Like my sister was here from Copenhagen. She made my favorite cake. It's called Lauke. Um, it's very light. It's, you know, a little bit sweet though, because it has a little chocolate. It has a little, they're like thin layers of cake. Mm-hmm. And then she does raspberries and Cool Whip. So in the grand scheme, it's not like I ate chocolate. Liz is not cake. restricting herself is not like most people not no, restricting. I had, himself, it, I had it four times while we were there in four days. You had one small piece once a day for four days. Yeah, but two of them were for breakfast. I failed to say that. <laughs> two was at dinner, two was at breakfast. Most people think not restricting on vacation is like binge drinking every day and eating pizza for all meals. So <laughs> we need to clarify that Liz's is much more moderate. <laughs> well, I just normally don't ever have four pieces of cake in four days like, straight through. Yes. But we, we enjoyed it. Um, and I mean, we had drinks. We had other food. We went to Costco and we got a bunch of stuff. But my point here is that I reversed a little bit the week prior to us leaving and even coming home, I don't don't see that huge uptick mm-hmm. on the scale. And so if you're constantly under eating for years and then you have, or every week, whatever you want to call it here, then you have these really high days where you're going... 500 to a thousand, maybe 1500 calories up. You keep getting mad at the scale because Monday morning comes and you're up three, four pounds. If you can stop doing this and you can work to close the gap and bring things in line, then you will not see those crazy swings in the Absolutely. scale. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we've talked like that's one of the biggest things that I think is such a benefit. You don't become so fearful of like the meals that you eat out or yeah. the you know the vacations that you go on or the parties or the weddings or anything like that because you get to a place where they don't cause as negative of a response from the body because your body is able your body is nourished. And so when your body is undernourished, it's underfed, it's dehydrated, it's going to respond in a much more drastic fashion when you give it a huge influx of calories. Mm -hmm. You need a normal baseline of intake because then the body's like, oh, okay, I can manage this level of calories. It's not too far off from what I'm normally doing. And and it's able to manage them and you don't feel awful. You don't. So like there's so much benefit to eating more. And I think that's one of the big ones in terms of like balance of life um, is that the fact that like you can have these days and wake up on Monday and not feel awful, not be Mm -hmm. five pounds up not feel like your pants got tighter overnight um so we often put them in intentionally too when people are in cut phases as we'll do a refeed day we'll do you know a higher intake day to allow them more freedom with their food to allow them a little bit more you know glucose bump energy bump um and at the end of the day we need to understand that it is not as exact as so many things play it out to be like it is not like I can't go over 200 grams of carbs. I can't I can't go over 1600 calories. I can't like you guys the body is amazing. It is an amazing thing. It likes consistency, but it is going to be able to manage things if we're 30 grams off here, if we're 150 calories off here, if we have these ups and downs day to day, but overall, we are getting it what it needs in terms of nutrients, in terms of balance of intake, in terms of overall calories, and we're not constantly depriving it. And so the body, all it wants is a little bit of love. It wants, it wants good food. It wants nutrients that it can use. It doesn't want a bunch of processed shit that it can't utilize and just is going to store as fat. So yep. please do not put so much pressure on yourself and understand that consistency is always going to be king, always, always. And at the end of the day, as long as you are doing on average a very, you know, an intentionally good job with your food choices and intake, the day by day, you know, here and there is not going to play a huge role. Yeah. Especially if you are working to bring, let's say like 
your calories within like 100 or two day to day and you're keeping your protein consistent. This is one thing we work on with a lot of our clients. Like we'll give them ranges. Like one of our uh, clients that just started with us was so burnt out on like being so perfect with hitting her macros. And I get it. That would be terrible to have to be like, I hit, I would hit it right on the gram, right on the dot. It's very um, hard to do for most people. And so at some point you want to have this flexibility too. You want to have, you know, this ability to have some higher days and to have some lower days and to kind of eat within your range. So we always say like, if you're in a good range for your calories and you are not struggling with insulin resistance or things like that, like is your protein stays adequate, your carbs and your fats can fluctuate. And this is where, you know, we talk with our clients, like it gives them satiation, right? Like they have that protein to help them stay satiated. They can pick and choose other foods to fill things in. We want to focus on nourishment at the same time, vitamins, minerals, right? Like quality foods that your body can actually utilize as energy. And most importantly here, I think is understanding the satisfaction factor, because a lot of people, the reason why they swing so high to so low is because they restrict themselves on the days that they are so low that anytime they get the chance to go out to eat or to go on vacation or whatever, they are so deprived of all these things that they just go crazy on them, right? And so this is where, you know, to going back to what we were talking about, like maintenance being a range, like we also want you all to understand that even though, for example, Becca said earlier, her intake should be 26, 2700. She's working her way up there and she's struggling a little bit with that because she does it with such high quality food. So maybe you're sitting there and you're like, oh my gosh, I just checked, you know, checked uh, tdecalculator.net and you say, this is telling me that my maintenance is 3,200 calories. How am I ever going to eat that? Well, we have to come back to the comfortability factor mm-hmm. too. And I think as long as you are being um, consistent majority of the time, getting you know close to that. Maybe it's like 25, 2600 for this person who needs 3200. Like you're satisfied, you're nourished, and then you have this um, you know connection with your food that you enjoy it. I think you're fine there. But we just don't want you to be too far off in that yeah. deficit. And I, this is where I'm thinking about most of like my male clients, where some of them need 3,500 calories. Exactly, It's very hard. And so we get that too. So if we leave you with anything today, understand that you know we want you to be nourished. We want you to have enjoyment of your food, to be satisfied. If you need to take a reverse diet, consider hiring somebody to help you do it mm-hmm. and you know make sure that you're doing it properly, strategically. And please... Do not compare yourself to people on Instagram and do not all of a sudden flip the switch that you saw somebody eating 1,800 to 2,000 calories and then you're upset a week later because you have put on you know a few pounds because everybody is different. We don't know their backstory. We don't know their consistency. We don't know their experience or their health profile. Um, and so if you are you know looking for help, you can always click on the link in the show notes and we'd be happy to set up a time to chat. And yeah. otherwise, I think we'll be back on Friday. I'm going to leave you with this. I saw a video the other day of an Instagram influencer shooting some photos and they were putting butt pads into her butt to make her butt look bigger. Awesome. So it's not what you think on Instagram, guys. (laughs) It is not what you think. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.